Dearest listener, it has been said that season two of Bridgerton will be more scandalous than the last. In anticipation, we podcasters have been honing our skills and sharpening our knives for all of you. Daphne found her duke, but is there anyone who can tame the rake by Count Bridgerton? As members of the ton gather to watch season two of Bridgerton on Netflix, we cannot be the only ones wondering, will the Viscount take a wife? Will the Duke return, even just for one scene? Will the identity of Lady Whistledown herself be revealed to all? We may be in for a considerable scandal indeed. Join us here on Burning for Bridgerton each week as we dissect and overanalyze each episode of season two of Bridgerton. Yours truly, Lady Claire and Lady Julie of The Basic Mom. Welcome back to Burning for Bridgerton. We are here to finally talk about the season finale, season two, episode eight. Hi, Claire. Hey, Julie. How's it going? It's going. Are you ready for episode eight? I am. I am very ready to talk about it. How about you? (laughs) Yes. So um, episode eight, the title is The Viscount Who Loved Me which, as we know, is the title of the book for Anthony. Um, Netflix describes it as Anthony lashes out as he awaits news of Kate, while Eloise turns to Theo for help in her Lady Whistledown hunt, and Lady Featherington plans a grand ball. It is written by Jess Brownell. Good. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Yeah, that looks right. I think she wrote a different one, too. She did, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's hop into our notable scenes from this episode. So it opens exactly where the last episode ended with Kate on the ground. Anthony, like, kind of running to her, but kind of not. Was that a little awkward? (laughs) And then he picks her up and doesn't put her on his horse. I guess there's like a cart going by that she gets in. I don't know. But then they end up at Lady Danbury's house. Um, at Lady Danbury's house, he says, it's all my fault. Do you think it's all his fault? What do you think? Um, I, I don't know. I think it's, I'm comfortable giving him a portion of it. I mean, he's <laughs> the one who went after her. Um, we all know um, maybe he startled her horse and with the rain, she just slid right off of it. and. He was too stupid to act on his initial feelings with her a long time ago anyway. So, I mean, I think he's got some fault there. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got some fault. And just to confirm, because I think you did hit on it there at the end, but you think that when he said it's all my fault, he's not just talking about the accident. He's talking about like he bungled everything, right? <laughs> like yeah. It's sort Big of like an all-encompassing. Snowball. Yeah. <laughs> it's all my fault. Yeah. Um. So after the initial scene where they show immediately what happened following that, we get sort of like an opening montage of lots of people walking around the town, little bits of um, gossip here and there. But the main thing we get out of this is that Lady Whistledown has disappeared for at least a week at this point. So I think someone says that she's missed two or three columns and yes, the ton is definitely beginning to get restless. Yes, they want more. 
They want that gossip rag. <laughs> okay, the next scene is the Featheringtons having tea. This is not like a huge scene, but I feel like it's one of those scenes that has to happen to set up a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. So one of the things that get, gets mentioned here again is how long it's been because Penelope Pen, Penelope mentions not having seen Eloise in a week. So that would imply that, you know, the last whistle down paper that made her uh, a social pariah came out right. one week ago. Yeah. Um, and they also talk a bit about Colin lord featherington and lady featherington about how they're going to try to swindle him and we know that this becomes a huge storyline throughout the episode and they also start planning the big ball the featherington ball creatively how original (laughs) as penelope said right how original yeah (laughs) um so yeah this scene basically just in the conversations that happen in that that tea time at the Featherington house sets up the entire episode everything that's gonna happen yeah all right then we see the Bridgertons having tea yeah talk about an awkward family moment yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing because Anthony comes in and like he clears the room he just yeah he's acting like a bull as per his normal Anthony behaviors just starts barking at everyone and they all like one by one peel out (laughs) yeah okay uh, that was awkward yes Eloise then receives a package now did you notice that the doorman says I'll be outside and so at first I was like why is he going to be outside but then I realized it's actually not the doorman the footman it's actually the carriage driver that's been in a few scenes with her taking her but at first I did not realize that I'm like why will he see her outside (laughs) yeah so I thought it was you know in case Eloise wanted to pay Theo a visit Yes, you're 100% correct and much quicker yeah. than me. <laughs> yeah, so then Eloise does go visit Theo. Um, and here's my question for this scene. She's like, oh my gosh, you told me. Because in the letter, I guess he revealed that the, that print shop had been printing Lady Whistledown's papers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did she really not realize that? Like, I thought that's why she went there in the yeah. first place yeah I know yeah, that I don't they switched the K but mm-hmm. yeah she I don't know I think maybe they're kind of trying to throw her character off a little bit because she's trying to catch feelings for Theo so I know maybe. I'm just so like I think that and we'll talk a bit at the end about our overall opinions of the season, yeah. but I want to, I do think one of my major downfalls of both seasons is the injustice they've done to Eloise's character. Yeah. <laughs> because they have made her dumb. Yeah. And she is not dumb. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We also get a really fun conversation between the queen and lady danbury yeah so i loved here when lady danbury and the queen were talking and you know the the queen was just complaining about how whistledown hasn't written anything 
And I just loved Lady Danbury just telling the queen to basically get a new hobby. Yes, that's hysterical. It's funny because the queen like got what she wanted. She silenced Whistledown and now right. she's bored. <laughs> exactly. It was like, maybe you did actually like it. Yeah, maybe she should pick up Pal now. <laughs> she should, definitely. <laughs> nice friendly game. Yeah. The next major scene is Lord Featherington, Colin, and Will at Colin's club conducting business. Um, Colin basically tells Will to shut up. And <laughs> at first I was like, is Colin dumb? But we know how this plays out by the end. Yeah. So yeah. it made a little bit yeah. more sense. Yeah, the scene definitely disappointed me, but I was better by the end of the show. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we get another Lady Featherington and Lord Featherington scene. They're really starting to creep both of us out, I think, right? Like, yeah. her weird like, house chemistry. Gross. Yeah, <laughs> creepy. He's like saying all the things that Lady Featherington would definitely want someone to say to her. And it's a little gross. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I also... was just like, what the heck was that? Yeah. I also thought like this is when Lady Featherington brings up like, well, now we have everybody's money. What what do we do next? And I'm like, <laughs> did really like neither of them think like after people invested, they're gonna want to see a return on their investment? Like I know this dawned right? on neither of them yeah, how they would like, keep the grift going. Yeah, how long could they keep everyone away from being like, hey? gotta pay up yeah and then another thing about this scene when he first walks in she says something about like thanking him for um allowing her to move back into her bedchamber. and yeah. i'm thinking like isn't prudence getting like a little suspicious like hey why is my mom moving into the adjoining bedchamber to the lord right. should yeah. i be moving in there exactly which is also gross yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay next Kate wakes up from her week-long coma finally I know and I'm thinking who's been applying her eyeliner while she was in a coma because it's looking on point definitely so um yeah I would say Mary has to be a mom thing um long time ago I was in a coma and I woke up and my mom shaved my legs for me so I'm gonna say it's a mom thing oh my gosh no way <laughs> yeah I couldn't like sit up and reach my legs in my hospital bed and my mom got mom of the year for that yes that is some serious <laughs> good mom shit right there yeah I mean Kate I I get that this is like a fantasy show but right she's so beautiful but also like so beautiful as waking like waking up from a one-week coma yeah okay the next scene that is notable is anthony has like a crying moment violet comes to tell him that kate woke up and he kind of has a weird reaction to it right uh yeah he does he you know kind of gets this look on his face and then he just starts crying i mean He's trying to hear, he's like realizing his true feelings about the whole situation, maybe. Yeah, I believe he says at one point, like, I can't see her. 
And then Violet gives a speech, which I didn't actually go reference the books, but it did like parts of it sounded familiar. So I wonder how much of that they actually took from a conversation that they had in the book. Um, And I also just noted that she has like one of these great like heart to hearts with the kids in almost every book. There's one. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And that's one of the things about Violet, I think that was not greatly represented in the first book, but was her first season, but was in this one was that she, she gives really good advice, but then, you know, in season one, when she, she completely left Daphne out to try before a wedding. But I like Anthony was great in this scene, this one, and then yeah. the one with Gregory, which comes up shortly yeah. after. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I know last year Bridgerton got like pretty much snubbed, right? Like they didn't get any Emmy nominations. Uh, I believe that's correct. I would be surprised if he doesn't because this was yeah. good. Like yeah. this was good even by like legit drama standards. Oh, I yeah. Feel like. <laughs> All right. Then we have Eloise at the Modiste and also sort of in this same scene after she talks to Lady Delacroix, she then goes outside and talks to Penelope. Yeah. What did you think of this? Um, I, I thought Penelope was like really like kind of like starting to get angry about the whole thing. Like I just thought she was just like, um, like the expressions on her face and stuff were just like kind of next level than what we're like used to see for her. I Yeah, I didn't love it when she confronted the Modiste because I mean, I just don't like the way they're making her character in a lot uh-huh. of this. Like when she said something about like, I'm going to give you a dressing down. I was like, what? Like, yeah. We're giving her like corny <laughs> puns? Like what is this? But yeah, so I wasn't, too into it then when she's outside with Penelope I got a little bit confused here because I had thought that when the paper came out they had said that Eloise was like fraternizing with political radicals so I guess Penelope I assumed that meant Theo And that everyone would put two and two together. But then Penelope's like, people are talking about you and Theo. And I'm like, yeah, because it was in Whistledown. Um, Yeah, Whistledown didn't mention Theo by his name that I thought anyways. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think she mentioned him by name. I don't know. I was just kind of like, I thought that happened already. But yeah, I mean, (laughs) he wasn't mentioned by name. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. Next, we get a scene where Benedict is at, is he, I think he's at art school, or he might be at his own apartment, but his art school buddies show up. And Yeah, I think they, they're at art school. Yeah, they make a yeah. comment about how he's actually good, and they were surprised because he only got in because of a donation from his family. Right. And I was a little confused here because I thought that Anthony didn't even know when he applied. I thought that when he applied, he only told Colin about it. Yeah, I thought so too. So I don't know if, you know, 
there's something going on behind the scenes here, or maybe, you know, uh, Colin did something. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. I started thinking because in one of the earlier scenes, Anthony yells at Colin for taking a large sum of money out. And Colin yeah. says that he was considering an investment with Lord Featherington. We know by the end of the episode that he didn't invest in Lord Featherington. So I was yeah. like, oh, I wonder if Colin actually took out the money and made the donation to the art academy but then again at the end of the episode benedict says something to anthony about making the donation and anthony's not like i didn't make the donation so i have no idea i guess somehow magically yeah. anthony found out somehow <laughs> benedict's insulted by this as if like any of these <laughs> like rich yeah, and get anything based on talent and not on money like, yeah it's almost like there's a missing scene here or something yeah there's it definitely feels like there's some sort of missing piece going on um all right and then anthony does finally visit kate after she wakes up and <laughs> I just, they're, they're so stubborn and they're both <laughs> so the same person that like scenes like this are kind of yeah. hard to watch because you're like, geez, just like one of you give an inch. Right. <laughs> just do it already. <laughs> well, I mean, not even just with that, like she won't accept his proposal. Right. Because yeah. she feels like he's only doing it out of like obligation because they got down. Yeah. But, like, she's not really giving him a chance to say that that's not why he's doing it. And then he's calling her out for, like, wanting to run away. It's just, like, they're just such the same person. <laughs> so hard. Then we get an almost kiss between yeah. Theo and Eloise. Yeah. Ooh la la. Yeah. Um, so here's a question after the almost kiss then she's like we shouldn't be doing this and I don't they break up basically yeah. but my question is do you think he's gone for good because if you asked me at the end of season one if the opera singer was going to be gone for good you uh -huh. know like someone that a yeah. lead was hanky pankying around with that yeah. isn't going to end up being their, you know, married partner, I would have said, absolutely not. She'll be back in season two. There's opera singer scenes in the book. Right. Like I thought a hundred percent she'd be back. So my okay. initial thought was like, oh, I can't wait to see where this goes next season. But what if it really is just over between them? Because Theo's not who she ends up with. I'm not allowing that. Like I need more Theo and Eloise. Like, I'm really on Team Theo and Eloise. Yeah. Like, just give me all Theo and Eloise, yeah. <laughs> okay, Kate and Edwina finally have the conversation they probably should have had, like, a month ago. Yeah. And, I mean, it goes well. Edwina, all of a sudden, like, she went from, like, I'm going to be the most perfect to now she's, like, I don't know, she's saying, like, all the stuff that's on, like, woo-woo podcasts about like finding yourself right <laughs> she's been listening to uh 
the higher self podcast too much right. all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> what do you yeah, think about Kate uh, and Edwina um Edwina is a lot better of a person than I am because I've been known to hold a grudge or two. <laughs> I don't. I still don't think it's Kate's fault. I don't. No, know. I can. I mean, yeah, it's not. But there, I still have feelings about it. <laughs> <laughs> we get an Eloise and Benny on the swing scene, which is definitely a throwback to last season. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but no one was smoking in this scene because that's where they yeah. used to go out and have cigarettes, right? Yeah. 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 I loved, I loved that scene last season. And I was just thinking like, what if, you know, she tried his tea concoction or whatever. That would have been amazing <laughs> yeah, if they did an Eloise and Benny uh-huh. on the swings while also on the tea. <laughs> yes, that needs to happen. All right, then we get our Gregory and Anthony scene, which was also just like so sweet and like just great acting all around. I'm glad Gregory got like some actual time on screen, unlike Francesca, who's still MIA. Um, Yeah. What did you think about Gregory and Anthony? Um, I I was like starting to tear up. It was just so sweet. And, you know, Violet overhearing, you know, part of it, just the, big proud mama moment there and I've never noticed like Gregory's dimples before but they're just adorable <laughs> yeah very cute we also get Mary and Kate talking for I mean I mean not like the first time since everything but you know they actually talk out like what went down and whose fault it was and Mary takes yeah. some of the fault on herself yeah. what did you think um, well, I noticed that I think this is the first time that Kate actually called Mary Mama instead of Lady Mary or Mary. Yeah, um, it might have been definitely in the show. I feel like in the book she did always. She always yeah. referred to her as her mom. Yeah. So um, I felt that was like a big moment between the two of them for sure in the show. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny how Kate like skirts the details of her and Anthony's like little pound session. Um, right. She be- just kind of stops. And- yeah. <laughs> and then like the scene cuts out and we're like, did she tell her? <laughs> okay. And then the next major scene, basically the rest of the episode all takes place at the Featherington Ball. So one of the most major things that happens is Eloise realizes that Penelope is Lady Whistledown based on Eloise's sort of just like sharing observations. Now we know where it goes. We know that after that, Eloise tears apart Penelope's room. They get in a huge fight. So what do you think about that whole storyline about Eloise found out? You predicted that, Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so... um... Yeah, the whole ball, Eloise finding out just kind of, they Eloise and Penelope were sitting there, not sitting, but standing along the wall like they do. And, you know, Penelope overhears the footman. And then she, you know, tells Eloise, hey, I heard this and this and this. And then Eloise is like, what? Like, you just see the light bulb go mm-hmm. off in her head. And then she's like, oh, how interesting. And then it doesn't like show what happens, but they separate and, you know, Eloise ends up in Penelope's room, just kind of 
digging everything up and solving mysteries. What do you think about their fight? Do you think they'll come back from it? Do you think they said things that were too harsh to each other or can they, can they salvage the friendship? I think so. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to have to run its course. Um, It's going to, you know, take some time for sure. Um, It's not going to happen right away, but I think eventually they'll, they'll ease their way into another friendship. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another thing going on at the ball, Kate and Edwina dance. And this gave me like the frozen moment I've been waiting. Yeah. (laughs) I've been comparing their relationship to like Anna and Elsa all season. And that was really, to me, that was like, okay, they chose each other. I mean, we also know that Kate also chooses (laughs) Anthony, but Anna also ends up with, uh, Christoph, so right yeah <laughs> yeah that was uh that was a cute moment between us yeah another major thing going on is Colin the necklace Cressida that whole situation yeah that was interesting so Colin is dancing with Cressida for whatever reason um and he's talking to her about her necklace because that was a gift from Lord Featherington which I also thought it was weird that he was wearing that to the ball, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, because he's engaged. He's engaged. To, yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, so Colin like does this kind of sneaky move and unclasps Cressida's necklace, tells her it's broken, and he needs to take it to his family jeweler. So Colin takes it to the other room and like totally smashes it to prove that it's fake yeah but that's after so first he grabs Penelope and they're alone in the room and he's about to tell her when Lord and Lady Featherington barge in and are about to pull the you're alone with our daughter you must be betrothed now but instead he like throws the necklace down yeah what now (laughs) yeah how about we talk about you instead right (laughs) but my favorite part about this is um how easily he cracked the fake rubies yet the jeweler was like this seems legit (laughs) right the jeweler is like 90 years old (laughs) I know um yeah and then oh and then oh oh yeah Colin gives them sort of like an ultimatum Lady Featherington plays dumb and acts like it was all him Penelope Uh goes after Colin and then they make out lord and lady featherington yeah totally creepy oh my gosh so have you been listening to the bridgerton bros this season um i have i'm on like episode four i think because i've been not listening to the episodes before we watch the show right so i don't get like ideas in my head (laughs) yeah i know if anyone doesn't listen to them they're hysterical yes and um, they have been comparing Lord Featherington to tall Michael Sarah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I can't understand that. Every time he's on the screen, I'm like, oh my gosh, he does. And I just watched uh, Life and Beth on Hulu. So, like, oh, Michael really? Sarah is fresh in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, watching him make out with Portia was like, like it's so Gross. skeevy and it's awkward. Something. Yeah. What do you think? How old do you think he's supposed to be? 
I don't know. I think like maybe like early forties. Like I maybe late thirties. I I think he's definitely, you know, older than like Anthony. Yeah, I would definitely say he's older than Anthony. And then what do we think? Portia's probably like supposed to be mid 40s, would you guess? Yeah. Well, well, I guess I'm getting it. She I think she looks older than mid 40s, but realistically in the show, yeah. Prudence is probably only like 21, and she would have started having babies somewhere in her early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe late 40s. Yeah, so Colin and Penelope, after they both leave that room, Colin says to Penelope, I will always look after you and you are special to me while they're dancing. Aww. Which is so, I know it's like heartwarming, but we know it's coming. Yeah, Colin. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> then we also got Anthony and Kate dancing. And I have some thoughts on this, like, it was a good dance, but yeah. I feel like their first dance was had more chemistry. The one when he was asking for Edmina's hand. Yeah, okay. I, I agree with that. Like it might have been because um, there was more tension between them then. Too. Yeah, I was just gonna say there was like more going on, like everything everyone else knew, and everything has been whistled down since then, and yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then while everyone's watching Kate and Anthony dance, the queen mentions Mm. her single hot prince nephew to Edwina. What do we think about that? Yeah, uh, Cressida was standing next to them and she was like pissed when the queen mentioned that he was available to Edwina, which kind of goes along with one of the predictions I made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that Edwina would get like someone higher in rank or whatever, you know, for her. For her troubles. (laughs) I know. And I think that'll be fun because something that like, so after the first season and Reggae did not sign on for season two. Uh So then the Duke and Daphne really couldn't be big parts of season two. I wonder how long they contracted the Sharmas for because I mean Kate's married to Anthony now so I mean I'm sure they'll fade a little bit kind of like Daphne did yeah because the focus will be elsewhere but Uh I still think they'll probably be around as much as like you know maybe like Colin was this season kind of thing yeah yeah he was around he wasn't definitely in like a lot of things but he was so that leaves the possibility that Edwina will be in too yeah so maybe we will actually see Edwina and the prince end up together or whoever Edwina ends up with yeah (laughs) so then we get Lady Featherington pulls the rug out from underneath Lord Featherington and lets him know um he's been played (laughs) big time yeah yeah she says to him something that I noticed that I was kind of like really she's (laughs) like I'm a mother (laughs) I was like does that mean she actually does deep down care about 
the girls because she's usually just using them as like pawns and she says my three girls so she doesn't even exclude Penelope right so yeah we see some mama bear coming out there yeah and in the book she actually wasn't as terrible I feel like in the book no and in the books her and Penelope were actually pretty close like she was always putting Penelope down and stuff but I feel like in Colin's book at a certain point doesn't she say to Penelope something like you know I always just thought you'd be with me like you'd live with me forever you'd take care of me forever so like they were definitely she was not as slimy in the box as she is in this and then we get the saddest scene (laughs) not the saddest (laughs) but Colin is hanging with the bros I think it's like the same group of bros that Anthony got himself into trouble with in the first yeah probably (laughs) and he says that he's not courting Penelope and she overhears it and um a scene like this happens in the book in his book where we find out that um he says something similar I think he says it to his brothers though not to Brando Lord's yeah, this happened last season also, kind of right. not like in the same circumstances, but something similar, yeah. Yeah, I feel like this time it's harder because last time there was no hope, whereas he's yeah. been saying things and showing her attention yes. off this season. Yeah. All right, then we're basically at the end of the episode. Kate and Anthony are in the garden. He formerly... Pl- formally proposes he tells her he loves her she says she loves him what do you think yeah she says yes it's all cute the fireworks go off and yeah I just I love the actress playing Kate I love the way she talks she like talks with her like whole face and like her shoulders too she like yeah does this thing with her shoulders when she's worked up and I just love it all (laughs) And I love that they're happy and I love that they ended up together. And then we get our like flash forward because all of the books have an epilogue. Or two. Or two or three. <laughs> no, I think right. the most is two. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in the epilogue of the show, we get the annual Pall Mall game. And by the time yeah. of the annual Pall Mall game, Daphne is pregnant again. No surprise there. Yeah, so this is probably their second child. They did have one child born in 1816 and another in 1817. So yeah. she was popping out the babies for a little bit. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Anthony and Kate are happily married and can't keep their hands off each other. Nope. <laughs> All right. And that's the whole episode. That's the whole show. That's the whole season. Let's talk about what we loved in this episode. Okay, so there was a lot that I love that we already talked about. Um, One thing we didn't mention, though, is Anthony, when Kate woke up, Anthony brought Kate tulips. And if you remember in season one, Violet told Anthony tulips were like the flower of true love or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And we saw Violet and Anthony in the sitting room in season one when Violet was working on her embroidery, working on tulips there for Daphne and her wedding. 
Oh, so just the little tulip motif going through. Yeah, a little tulip shout out to season one. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, I didn't mark anything specific down that I loved because uh, I don't know that I loved anything in this episode, really. I'm tr- like thinking back, there is like nothing that I was like, oh my gosh, I loved when this happened. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what about what we hated? I put that I hate everything about Lord Featherington. Yeah. <laughs> everything he does and says just makes me feel gross, which is a full 180 because I remember at one of the first episodes of the season, yeah. being like, is he hot? Am I into him? Like, yeah, no. we really liked him. Um, yeah, now he's just gross. And with that kiss, like he's engaged to her, like her daughter and not to mention like the cousin thing. Yeah, so gross. Yeah. So um also we need more Newton. Absolutely. More Newton just like being the bane of Anthony's existence too. Also like more Newton making Anthony fall in water. I feel like that yeah. happened like three times in the book. In the book, right? <laughs> okay. Anything make you laugh in this? Um not like super laugh out loud sort of thing you know no I don't um, think so either you know, I, I chuckled here and there and you know but nothing like stood out really yeah okay notable song we had Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus what did you think of that um that was an interesting choice I mean Kate came in like what Wrecking Ball I suppose or- yeah <laughs> life yeah up pretty bad right yeah coming Uh uh-huh yeah so Uh I mean yeah it fits I don't know that I liked the way it sounded on strings yeah it was definitely different um it didn't really sound like something you know you would hear yeah so yeah okay let's talk about costumes I need Uh to bring up the queen's wig again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I listened I, I know I already mentioned this once in the episode but if you're not listening to Bridgerton Bros you should but the scene where Lady Danbury and the Queen are talking they were making fun of her wig and calling it Bob Ross hair oh my god and now I can't unsee it it, it right? is you have to go back and look at it it looks like the most outrageous Bob Ross wig ever <laughs> Yeah, so something I caught on to as far as costumes go, um, Eloise was wearing this like plaid top part of her dress in one yes. of the scenes. It was it was one of the scenes where she went to see Theo. And it's funny when I saw it, I thought it was like the most ugly Easter dress I ever saw. Yeah, like it reminded got, me of an ugly Easter dress. Yeah, I got total Easter vibes from it. And <laughs> you know, then I'm just like, did plaid even like exist back then and it turns out it came from the 1700s in Scotland so I guess it existed but I just I I would have thought that yeah because they have the different um family tart tartans from yeah and they go back pretty far in Scotland and in Ireland there's family plaids and yeah I, I figured the plaid thing there I just guess I never pictured it in London but right they're all kind of close to each other I guess yeah and then okay so I didn't 
like notice it the first time because obviously I'm a nerd and I watched it twice again. <laughs> um, but at the Featherington Ball, Penelope's not in like a bright yellow. It's not a citrus tone. It's more of like a golden tone. And it does look much prettier than the bright yellow that she's always in up until yeah. this point. And I almost feel like it looks a little bit more mature. And I want, I think that was probably like an intentional decision to mature yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah. I also, you know, think they might've gone with the gold because um, oh. remember like at the She's beginning of the episode. Yeah. 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 But I'm so over yellow dresses. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. So we have some questions. In the very opening scene, Anthony rushes Kate to Lady Danbury's house, not a hospital. So do you know at the time, was this typical? Would the super wealthy be treated by doctors in their home or would they go to a hospital? Were like public hospitals even a thing? So they did have hospitals back then. Um, I think they were just so far apart that it would have been faster for a doctor to make the house call. Um, that's kind of the impression I got on, I got from it when I was Googling it for a few minutes. Um, but yeah, that's uh, definitely a, a house call thing, I would say. Okay. Any other questions? Okay. So another question we had, um, could they really have a document back then that says, like an estate will pass on to Lady Featherington's daughter's son. Because that's what she was saying to Lord Featherington when she was kind of kicking him out of the house. Like, who would manage their books in the meantime? So I think they took like a major liberty with this one. And here's what I'm thinking about with it. In Francesca's book, When John Dies they get kind of into the specifics of how the titles pass down and everything and how yeah. like if she was pregnant with a son it would go to the baby but if not it goes right. to his cousin and right. I think they even got into like particulars or maybe it was something like at that time when I was doing research about how they wouldn't have even like let her out of their sight um because people would sometimes like fake babies yeah, I remember something about that. Was, yeah, and I, now I don't remember where I saw that or heard that. But then also, basing all of my knowledge off television, right? in Downton Abbey, that's like a whole huge plot point, is that the Earl of Grantham only has daughters, and yeah. they have to find an heir. And it's some distant cousin who ends up marrying the oldest daughter. But that was yeah like the, it could not pass to the daughter or the daughter's child it only passed to her child because it ended up being the cousin's son yeah. in marrying anyway so it's it's a pretty hard no even if they yeah. signed paperwork saying like him saying that it could I don't think the the people that oversaw the titles would have allowed it no. All right. Here's a question for you. Okay. In sort of like the closing montage, uh -huh. um, they show Benedict packing up his like art studio. Where is he going? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like that area that he had the party that Anthony showed up at. So I assumed yeah. that was his like bachelor lodgings in London. So is he like, is he moving back into Bridgerton House or? Maybe he's going to find the cabin. Right. Maybe. Okay. Maybe he's going into the country. Yeah. I just, I was like, where are you going, dude? You're packing up, you're leaving. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was like, uh, you know, like an I quit school kind of thing. Or Oh, so do you think, I see when they started showing him there, I assumed he always had bachelor lodgings. Because do you remember Anthony did in the previous yeah. season? Uh-huh. So I just assumed they all had that. So maybe yeah. it was more like a dorm room at the art school. I hadn't even thought that's, of that. That's kind of the vibe I got from it. But okay that makes absolutely makes more sense (laughs) so that's everything on the episode let's give our overall opinions so I loved the season um I heard a lot of people you know were super disappointed for various reasons um whether it's no do or not staying true to the book um Simon and Anthony they're two very different people so in one but I'm happy with it overall um I would say the most disappointing part of the season for me was just Colin's attitude yeah Claire I agree with everything you said going into it because we didn't like binge it all in like one day like a lot of people did and I was hearing people that were like oh it's boring or people that read the books that hated it and Mm -hmm. I was like really worried that I was going to hate it and I didn't overall I liked it uh they took liberties with the storyline but I think that most of those made sense in translating it to a show yeah because honestly if they didn't translate it to a show it would have been a little bit more or not if they didn't translate it into a show if they didn't make those changes for the show it would have been a little bit more boring I think right like making it get so so far with Edwina added sort of like suspense and excitement and all that and in our very first episode of this podcast before we even started recapping we talked about the first season and the first book a little bit and we talked about our predictions for season two we had kind of said like because there's been a lot of people that were disappointed in the amount of like sexy time scenes I think right yeah and so we had said you know they could go one of two ways with this right they're going to either try to like outdo themselves or like go in the opposite direction and I think they kind of went in the opposite direction and I think that was better than trying to outdo last season in that department yeah that could have easily like been disastrous and it and then it would have been like too much and it would have been like oh my gosh like give it a break they're just trying to outdo last season yeah so I think that what they did actually like served the story better by not just making it like a 24-7 bone fest right (laughs) (laughs) um okay so that's my sort of overall opinion I definitely liked it I it got a slow start I like I was talking to a friend about it today 
And I think that if this season stood alone, right, if we had never seen the first season and we mm-hmm. didn't have anything to compare it to, I'd have loved it still. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. Okay. So that is everything about season two of Bridgerton. You'll probably notice that we did not cover predictions because we're going to do a whole different episode with our predictions for season three. We're going to talk about different characters and their storylines and where we think the writers are taking those. We'll talk about some of our favorite scenes, least favorite scenes and funniest scenes from the season. We're going to have some guests on hopefully with us and have a whole little tea party. (laughs) to celebrate the end of season two also if you are a book nerd like Claire and I we are obviously not going to be on this feed very often maybe we'll do an episode if um they release like casting for season three yeah Yeah, Um, obviously when like the trailers come out if we get the spinoff which they've already started casting the spinoff. So we might get Mm -hmm. the spinoff before we get season three. We'll obviously come on about that. But if you want more book to movie or book to TV show, we will be launching a new podcast called But the Book Was Better. And we're going to take two books a month and watch either the show or the movie and compare the two and overanalyze and look into the historical accuracies. Do what we do best. Do what we do. Yeah, we're going to do what we do. And if you want to know ahead of time what books we're going to be reading, you're going to want to join um, our Facebook group, Mom Chats. Mom Chat? I think I said the group name wrong. Mom Chat by The Basic Moms on Facebook because we will uh, post probably about a month ahead of time what books we're going to be reading so everyone can read along too and have that ready when the episodes come out. And um, yeah, that's all, right? In the meantime, follow us on all the places. (laughs) Yes, Facebook, Instagram, that sort of thing. At the basic, well, no, actually, the dot basic dot moms Um, on Instagram and head to our website, thebasicmoms.com and download our guides for the first three books of the series. By the time you're listening to this, we might have more than that up on the website. Yeah. I think that's everything. Is that everything? That is everything. Yep. If you want to geek out about all things Bridgerton or check out our Bridgerton book club, join our Facebook group, Mom Chat by The Basic Moms. To download one of our Bridgerton book club guides, head to our website, thebasicmoms.com. You can hang out with us on Facebook and Instagram at the.basic.moms. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast and subscribe so you know when each new episode is released.